Hello and welcome to Trainer's Lifestyle. My name is Oscar War, and today I am talking with Mairi from Estonia. Living more sustainably is very popular right now and we definitely should be doing our part to make the planet healthier. And my guest today is a trainer whose favorite topics include sustainability and how to train more sustainably. In this episode, we go over what it means to live a sustainable lifestyle and, and then dive into lifestyle design to how we can leave less of a carbon footprint on this earth to also becoming more productive trainers and getting the most out of our training sessions. After that, we also talk about the startup lifestyle as Mighty is working on a startup to make Estonia more sustainable and we jump into what it takes to work in a startup. Hope you guys enjoy and here's the episode. We're live. Today I'm speaking with um, Mairi Tido. She is a sustainability trainer. She, this is one of her favorite topics where she talks about how to be more sustainable in training and is also very involved in the startup world with her own uh, startup who is, which is currently preventing waste in production companies. She also works with founders doing delivering training, delivering trainings to different um, startups and founders. How are you doing, Mighty? Are you coming to this? I'm uh, I'm doing really good. Thank you for asking. <laughs> it's really cool to speak with you again because we haven't talked in a, in a while. But, That's true. Um, since you're so big into sustainability, and it's a really hot topic at the moment, actually, as you've seen. Um, how did you love to hear how you got started with uh, training sustainability and what this looks like? That's a good question. So... Whenever, like, when being engaged in the in the trainers community, then I always felt that people were kind of like focused on some topic. That somebody was like, "Whoa, I'm focusing on agile. I'm focusing on uh, personal development. Uh, I'm work focused on gamification, etc." So I always felt that uh, I don't have my own uh, focus because I'm naturally a very curious person, and I like to. Uh, also deliver on different uh, different topics and then um, most part of my trainers um, career so far I've had like different soft skills topics like also event management and teams and communication and all that and then a couple of years ago I was thinking that okay like I should have my own topic <laughs> and that was also around the time when I had um, made a lot of uh, changes in my own lifestyle and uh, made it more sustainable and I was um, really engaged or really like diving deep into like what is this sustainability thing, what is going on with, uh, with the climate, uh, what are the trends, um, what are we supposed to do on a personal level and on a... And then I was thinking that maybe that could be my thing because this uh, sustainable living and uh, and very like conscious living is a very strong value for me. And then since I noticed that uh, there's not much mm. topic around that, then uh, I decided that why don't I um, start uh, delivering uh, trainings around that topic. Ah, awesome. So it came from like uh, part of your values and who you are as a person. So... Yeah, why not use that to your advantage and as you care about it? Yeah, exactly. Like I said, if I anyhow read about it, learn about it, I practice things on my own. I 
I, uh, you know, cut out things from my own life and make my life in some sense uncomfortable. You, you go with like many bags to the supermarket to avoid plastic bags and all that. So why not to, you know, spread that knowledge to others and, and show mm. that uh, every this individual action actually makes a difference. That's true. That's super important. Yeah, I try to be sustainable as well, like avoiding plastic as much as possible. But how do you um, deliver training on that? What does the training look like about sustainability? Um, so how I've done it is that um, I have always given people some facts about the world currently. I'm trying to shock people, but um, but not in a way that uh, that you would like uh, become depressed, but rather that, okay, this is actually something that is happening now mm. and is also going to affect me. So it is a good thing to um, bring attention to some of these facts, uh, especially, for example, what is the environmental cost of a meat industry? That is something that people are not aware of. You hear... Maybe that, oh, there are like greenhouse gases or the methane and all mm. that, but uh, you don't really link it with your own um, everyday choices. As well with the fashion industry, for example, uh, the question how much uh, or how often people buy clothes um, and yeah, what do they do actually. with their old clothes. Yeah, that's crazy. So that is really crazy. So there's a, a part of it is the educational part that, hey, become aware and then consume less, like make more conscious decisions. And then also the part of, um, like as in trainings, you have to engage your audience uh, so they would actually learn. So um, this aspect of thinking, what can you actually do and what can I actually do in my own life um, is also there. So in a way, I would say it's not like mind blowing. Let's use all the different like uh, methods and tools uh, approach, but rather here's the here's the reality at this very moment. Here are the facts and uh, what can we do around it to uh, adjust our own lifestyles. Yeah, I imagine that's very impactful. Like um, back in April when we when we met, I didn't go to your sustainability session, but I heard one of the participants, he was saying that he became vegetarian because of your session and that was so cool. Yeah. yeah. How, how do you make that information stick so strongly then? Um, I don't know. <laughs> that's a good question. I think what makes it stick is also that if actually in your audience you have the right people, if you have already in the audience people who are really aware of all these um, matters and they are already doing a lot, then of course it's very hard to give them any kind of new information. But if there's mm. a person who have never, ever, ever thought how many liters of water it takes to make one uh, burger of um, beef burger then then you can actually have the impact and that's i think like like everywhere in every kind of training or in every every setting is similar that the less the person knows the more you can actually influence them or you can impress them and make the knowledge uh, really stick ah that's super cool yeah you're so that's saying... why it's really important to have right people in your mm. uh, room true 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 did you ever get Anybody that was like super opposing to what you were saying? Some hardcore meat eaters or? Um, 
I don't know if I've had that in the training setting as such. I kind of did just like a presentation about like this sustainable lifestyle. It was not really like a training. And then there was a girl who is uh, super conscious about all this topic on her own. So I, whenever I looked at her, she was constantly like nodding, smiling and being like hardcore. Like, yes, this is the truth what you're telling to me. And this is very cool and encouraging to, to hear. But then there are sometimes uh, people who are really into hardcore meat eating and then they don't believe that this, if you're going to eat less, it's going to uh, make a difference. And then they don't believe that they can survive a day <laughs> without uh, eating meat. Uh, so this has happened and I've learned to not um, take it anymore like that much not like a, as a personal it's not like personal but like to not get upset or too uh, pumped up about this if people give like uh, negative feedback or they say that no it's not possible you don't have kids you don't know how life is actually so it's just like okay it's your choice I'm just you know telling you that you can be the front runner because the change is coming anyway or you can be the lagger that is coming when the law is in place so it's up to you Oh, that's a nice way of looking at it, actually. And yeah, you were looking, talking a lot about meat. Um, what are the points that you usually cover in a session like that? Is meat one of the biggest things or what else can we do to make our live? Yeah, more yeah sustainable living? there are, um, let's say, like a couple of big categories. So one is definitely food. So food is not only meat, uh, but also if you eat locally, if you eat... Uh, if you have a big part of your diet, uh, vegetables and fruits. So that food part is definitely uh, one big part uh, to cover. Then there's um, um, fashion industry or clothes. And uh, because they, the fashion industry is also very polluting. So the, for example, how many liters of water one pair of jeans takes, you know, it's like... No it's uh, it's more than 5,000 liters of water to make one pair of jeans. And then if you think, because the, for example, cotton industry is a really, really dirty industry. So if you actually get the cotton picked, then there's a lot of water that goes into uh, cleaning the cotton. And then there's a huge uh, process of um, actually getting the cotton into uh, into a yarn. Uh, so it is uh, ready to be made into cloth and then if you have jeans then um, so you have to dye the cloth so jeans consist of white and blue uh, yarns um, then the dyeing process also takes uh, water and then once you have the jeans together then they are uh, stone washed that takes a lot of water then they are sprayed with a lot of different um, I can't call them pesticides because uh, because that's what you do for like, but in a way, in my head, it's like pesticides, something that is bad for you to make them, you know, stretch, to make the color stick. Then, uh, and it, the whole process is like crazy water consuming. And that's the thing that we just have, like some people have like 10, 12, 15 pairs of jeans at home, just uh, like sitting on the shelf and people are not wearing them. So Clothes industry is definitely something that um, if you don't buy every new clothes every month, you already uh, can have like a great uh, impact. Or then if you buy, you buy secondhand. Wow, that's crazy. I did not know what 5,000 liters per jeans. That's 
Yeah, that's huge. But it's a bit more. I just um, like say roughly five thousand. Maybe it's even seven thousand. I can't uh, remember now exactly. Yeah. A lot of ways that we can reduce. Actually, a friend of mine is has a organization where they do clothes swapping. Like if people don't want their clothes anymore, then they can go change out. Um, yeah, their clothes for other people's clothes or whatever. As long as they're functional, then that's. It's a way of like reducing fashion, I guess. Or exactly, like all this slow fashion, like, like everything slow is uh, also uh, becoming uh, a trend, like slow fashion, slow food. Then there's this uh, yeah. slow, um, what, the, there was like another slow, I think it's called like slow lifestyle or something that, for example, something happens to you and then you post on Instagram about it like a couple of months later because you just, you know, take it slow. And uh, so, so we don't have to rush anywhere. And I also see that um, the reason why we are in this situation globally with the environment or in general economically that we are kind of in a reaching a dead end is because of the speed of the of lifestyles of people. And so the reason why we need take away coffee is because you're in a hurry in the morning. You don't have time to uh, make your own coffee at home and you're like, I grab it on my way uh, to work. The why, reason why we need takeaway food, which produces a lot of um, uh, one single-use uh, packaging, is because you don't have time to cook your own meals. Why we need Amazon Prime, that things are just appearing at our door in one day. All this is because of the speed of our lifestyles, that everything... Uh, it has to happen really fast and we're in a hurry and my perspective to is, is, do it is that we should all just you know if you have some sort of like a speedometer like on what speed are you going in your life and then you just take the speed like one step down you slow down your lifestyle so in a way I'm for completely in favor for the slow lifestyle that you slow it down so you have time to have your own breakfast at home, you have time to do your maybe weekly meal planning, so you buy the food, you cook the food, you don't uh, have food waste, you don't need to use any of these food delivery things that often, you have time to then maybe public take a public transport, you have time to maybe walk, take a bicycle, whatever, like, like whatever the the problems we're facing i see it's all because of the speed that the speed of the world and if we would like all take a step back and say okay i'm gonna take time now for this yeah. you don't need to have uh, you don't have to have such a destructive uh, lifestyle anymore as like from the environmental aspect yeah well from my point yeah that's super interesting from my point of view i also see that it could help a lot with like reducing stress in people because if people are yeah, taking it easier, then they don't have to worry about being late, I guess, or just being more in control of their time and this help. Yeah. Because also what I um, uh, what I've realized, because I don't really like to rush. Uh, it's not that I'm like a, I have to move in slow motion, but I just feel very uncomfortable when, for example, I have now in autumn, I had really really busy uh, weeks. And then I don't have time to think about these things like what am I going to eat, where I'm going to get food. 
and uh, and uh, and all that. The quickest option. Yeah, well, I even can't get the quickest options uh, often because uh, I have milk intolerance, and then I do not really eat meat. So, <laughs> so you can't just go and grab a random pizza like for one euro. You have to really plan it, and then if you don't have time, then it happened that I skipped my meals. Like skipped meals because I was like, I don't have time to de- deal with that. And it makes me so stressed. It makes me uh, lose connection with myself, uh, like yeah. firstly. And then it also makes me a really bad uh, a partner for my boyfriend because I just uh, become like, uh, like I'm in a hurry, you know, don't bother me with uh, with things. And that's that's not how life should be. And then if you take time and you actually, you know, um, for example, you plan your week out, you, I don't know, buy your fridge full of food that you know you're going to eat in a week. It already gives you the feeling of control that you're actually in control of your life and you're not being led by some of like some magic forces, but you're actually deciding how your life is going. You're like, I'm deciding that tomorrow I'm going to have rice and curry for lunch, you know, and that's that's a completely different mindset rather than I'm just going to see what I get at the, at the office. So True. so I see yeah. that taking time to decide things about your life is the way to go. Ah, yeah, you can just make so many more decisions in advance that you have less decision fatigue and less stress overall. That's really cool. I like that point of view a lot. Awesome. Exactly because I think also in April yeah. we were talking about um we were talking about like um exercise and yeah. then uh and yeah. then I was uh, doing some exercise program and rec- I think I recommended it for you as well and for me that uh, this decision fatigue that I have been always a person who has liked the like this free day concept that I just decide based on my feeling what I'm gonna do because I've been most of my adult life I've been uh, freelancing or I've been working project-based so I can decide when I work where I work what do I work on and I whenever somebody wanted to give me uh, or put to my calendar so I'm like okay so every Monday at 10 let's meet so it gave me like anxiety I was like but maybe what if I don't want to meet like how do I meet and um, and in the in spring, I was much in this process of uh, looking at my own habits because this is highly also linked to the like how your how environmentally uh, demanding your lifestyle is. And I was looking into my habits in general, um, like what am I actually doing with my time? And and I actually started planning out also time for working out. That was uh, the mornings. I started meditating. That also happened in the mornings right after waking up. I started actually waking up at 6 a.m. And then also I scheduled in the time for uh, reading a book or learning Spanish and all these things. And at first I was like, so storm six to nine, I have like a million things to do. And it was really scary. But once I you get into the habit then it is amazing because exactly you don't have to decide during the day anymore. Like, when do I read a book? Because it's already designed into your lifestyle. And I remember like before I had that, I was always like, you know, you're reading a book, let's say it's uh, two o'clock during the day and you're reading a book and you're like, 
Mm, I don't know, I should be working. Why am I reading a book? Mm, I should be actually working. And then you work and then you're like, oh, I'm all the time working. When I do like other things, maybe I should be cleaning or maybe I should be uh, learning Spanish. So you were all like, at least in my head, there was always like this battle between when do I do things? And once I actually scheduled it out for myself, it was like, calendar says I need to meditate now. So I meditate and exactly it takes away the decision uh, fatigue and this takes away the stress of uh, knowing that uh, oh my god when do I do these things because these things get done because they're in my calendar now so uh, so that's I be awesome. so that's also the thing with um, and it's highly linked I believe that sustain living sustainably is highly linked with your own personal leadership and uh, mm. and exactly this if you're able to lead yourself you're also able to you know schedule yourself the time in the morning to take a coffee at home and enjoy it at home not like while running and then you get like whatever cuts in the stomach because your stomach is like why are you giving me coffee while I'm walking you know so all <laughs> these uh, things <laughs> damn so that all ties into yeah that's really cool actually to look at it um, living sustainably with uh, lifestyle design and how you can how we should design our lifestyles based on values because i i try to design my life and do calendar um appointments for most things but i still find it a little bit difficult and yeah like i s schedule most events but it's hard to stick to them i find sometimes i agree it's with practice i guess it's with practice and i agree that um i was also doing that i was scheduling events and then i just kept still like if i knew that okay i have to work on some project i kind of kept my um mm -hmm. i didn't schedule it as such and then at some point i realized that what is not scheduled in my calendar doesn't really happen in a way that no. i just see that oh there's an empty spot and then i just arrange some uh, some meetings and then in in the end what i learned also this year as a whole has been uh, like i basically i think exactly for a year i've been on a really massive personal development uh, journey for myself and awesome. um and I realized that what I don't schedule, if I, that I even have to schedule that from 9 to 11, I'm working on this project. Then I take a break. Then 11.30 to 1.30, I'm working on another project. That this, then things get actually done. So um, I've been now practicing that. Uh, I still, um, I'm not perfect in that, but I know like the intention is there. And then I know that eventually yeah. I will like uh, pick it up uh, uh, as well like that's in a very good way yeah that's true and like if you put it there then it's more likely to happen than if you don't yeah. because also my brain can't keep up with all the things that i have to do so i have to schedule otherwise uh, i'm i will not remember that i have to do things <laughs> totally hey there hope your ears are enjoying this so far this is the mid-episode break you're listening to trainers lifestyle the podcast provided by trainers forum the biggest community of trainers in Europe. Visit www.trainersforum.org to learn more about our work. Now, back to the show. Let's dive into it a little bit more about uh, lifestyle design. Um, how about practicalities? Like, what do you use for scheduling? How do you make sure that you see everything? I know for myself, I use 
Google Calendar. Um, do you have any tips about lifestyle design? I also use Google Calendar and I have um, uh, color-coded my life <laughs> in a way <laughs> in a way uh, that I have decided for like certain uh, t- types of like projects or things like certain colors. So then I also see if I have, have a look at my week, I see what what are the colors about. So for example, um, the startup project that I'm now running that is purple. Then if I have um, then I, if I have uh, trainings, then it is like if I have to deliver trainings or ha- uh, have the prepare meetings and all that, then uh, this is uh, light green. And then if I have just meetings for fun, that's yellow. So I have like this kind of, uh, and personal development is uh, some light purple. So you have some like um, colors decided. So I try to, like not everything always fits into the colors, but in a big parts, I can see that, uh, okay, what are my days going for? And then another thing that I, um, that I do is I track my time uh, with Toggle, for example, T- T-O-G-G-L. <laughs> I love that name. So it's uh, it's um, it's an Estonian startup actually, um, and it's for tracking your time for different project work. And then, whenever it's either that I put it there later, that I say that okay, from ten to eleven I was at that meeting, or I'm like okay, now I'm gonna work on this project. I put the timer to run and then I work, 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 work. And then I stop it uh, once I work. So a couple of days ago, I was, for example, working on a presentation and then I put the timer to run. And then five hours later, when I finished, I actually stopped it. It took me really long to prepare it. But uh, do, you that, do you think that works a lot? Because I I started like trying that last week. I use a different app called Boosted. And just, yeah, tracking times to see, because it kind of makes you want to focus on the thing so that you don't press stop, you know? Yeah, exactly. So I, for, I found uh, it very helpful because of all it, um, it has given me, because I do work a lot on different projects. So it has given me a sense of uh, where my time goes, how much I spend on uh, personal development, for example, if I take some sort of courses or if I'm reading a book, I'm considering book personal development as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, book reading, uh, personal development, and then uh, I see what projects am I uh, are most time consuming for me. Uh, I can see also if I am um, like if I finish a, finish some sort of like a, let's say a training uh, thing, then I see how many hours I actually worked on it, and if I charged uh, fine in the end or not. Because in the end, like I can't remember, uh, I will not remember it uh, by heart. I will uh, estimate it probably wrongly. So I do do those two things that I really try to track my time and then have things in the in the calendar. Cool. Well, that's awesome. Yeah, I think that's like every uh, person that wants to be productive. That's their dream. <laughs> like every hack, biohacking guru's dream. Because yeah, like, because that's also what I realized that if you don't. Um, if you want to have more things in your life than just one, then you kind of need to like lead yourself sure. and you need to make sure that you schedule time for things that you... it takes an effort. Like you have to kind of take time to plan to plan, <laughs> but, <laughs> but, uh, but I think it's, uh, in the end it's worth it because you feel really that the life is under your control. Yeah, I totally agree. What gets measured gets, can get be changed. Um, Diving into your startup life a little bit, is this something that 
you train about for startup founders or team members or what do you train them about um so i'm i'm not the training them on like how to run a startup as such i don't okay. i'm now building my own startup so once that becomes a success story then i can probably expand my uh, my portfolio as well but um actually last spring i got into pitch trainings uh, because I do, I think I had done them before as well, but they were like under the name of public speaking trainings and, uh, and more in, more in the youth sector. And then I realized that in, uh, in Tallinn, the startup scene is really, really strong. And there are like a lot of competitions happening, uh, constantly. And, um, and then I had participated on my own couple of trainings and I was like, but I could do that as well. Like, why am I not doing that? Uh, and I think that I have also value to give um, on how to present your idea and all that. So I've been uh, doing that uh, mostly uh, related to trainings, like topic wise. Uh, and then also two years in a row, I have uh, partnered up with one organization in Estonia and we've delivered a training in Moldova about um, how to be a mentor for startups, basically. But uh, it's a lot like this um, useful skills everywhere in life, like how to ask the right questions, how to give and receive feedback, like how to uh, use business model canvas, for example, or design thinking. So this kind of, um, so I've been co-training with, uh, with, uh, with a colleague okay. on that as well. Those are the main topics that you train about? And this autumn has been a lot about pitching. Like That's a, a skill lot. that people want, <laughs> I guess. Yeah, that's a skill that people um, people uh, want. And since, as I said, there are a lot of competitions, so every competition has their own um, training as well. But it's fun because that's the thing I, I also see, or what I also tell you, yes, you are here in the context of your startup, but once you learn how to express your idea clearly or how to express yourself in general clearly, it's a very valuable skill for you for your 100%. whole life. Yeah, 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 yeah. Totally agree. How did you, I think a lot of the listeners would be a bit interested in like startup life as well. So how did you get into developing your own startup? Basically, did you reach out to somebody or? It was um, completely unintentional for me. <laughs> so I was, um, so it was in spring that I think it was around the time that we actually met that there was a competition in Estonia, like an idea competition for green business ideas. And then a friend of mine, so both of us have been into this environmental stuff and sustainability. So she called me three hours before the deadline uh, to apply for like to be part of the competition with an idea. Hey, I have this business idea. Like, what do you think of this? And then I was like... It was like nine in the evening and at midnight was the deadline. And I was like, oh, like, like, do we have to want to write starting some application? Um, okay, so uh, let's do it. So I just kind of like without any like thoughts, I just jumped on board because I thought it's kind of cool to, you know, just try something. I didn't put much meaning into it. 
And then um, we didn't win the competition. It was very, very intense the whole spring to work on it. We didn't win it, uh, but we got um, a couple of special prizes. And one of the prizes was to get uh, like tri- direct access to another competition. <laughs> so we were like, okay, let's go from one competition to another. <laughs> And then um, the other one was called Climate Launchpad, and it's the world's biggest green idea, green business idea competition. It's like a global competition, and then we managed. Estonia. It's a glo- Yeah, the, we got into the Estonian one, direct uh, pass to the Estonian competition, but it happens globally throughout the summer uh, all over the world. And then we managed to win the Estonian competition, actually. And uh, then we got access to the global finals in Amsterdam, which just was uh, the finals were last uh, week in um, in Amsterdam. Oh. We didn't we didn't win, <laughs> which was fine. But so when we were working on the idea, so the our idea was to create um, a marketplace for uh, production leftover materials. So for example, you're producing uh, tables or chairs and you have leftover wood. So instead of giving it to waste managers, you would actually put it into a marketplace where somebody could buy it and then we can keep the materials more in circulation. And to our luck, in the summer also, the Estonian Ministry of of Economics uh, started like a program to find innovative ideas for public sector, to approach also the public sector in a, with a start startup perspective. Um, and then they had also a whole process and it finished with a hackathon because hackathons are like a thing in Estonia. <laughs> There's like a hackathon every weekend. So if somebody is wondering what is a hackathon, then hackathon is basically uh, either like a 24-hour or 48-hour very intense um, event where you come together with your team and then you try to get your idea as far as possible. So usually it finishes with a prototype or you validate the market or whatever you manage to get get out uh, or prove your the worth of your idea. Some kind of presentation. Some, in the end, it's like a pitch you have to give. Usually it's like three minutes that you have to sell the idea. And then uh, we got selected as one of the teams to the hackathon as well. And then we managed to get to top four. And this top four actually got um, funding from the state to develop these ideas into a reality. So now I'm working on that uh, as I'm the project manager for our idea or like the, the, the leader of it. So now I'm like in a very crazy startup roller coaster. <laughs> and as I said, it was not, I didn't intend to, that to happen that way. And now from the, from the, for the idea also, we added now a public sector perspective from uh, the point of view of the Minister of Environment like what, uh, what kind of uh, incentives they could provide for companies to actually publish their information about waste or their leftover materials, because for a lot of companies, it's a business secret. So uh, I'm mm. now um, working on that. Just recently started, so uh, haven't gotten that far yet, but very excited to be uh, on that journey. I'm yeah, really, it sounds really like grateful. a super cool uh, startup idea, helping uh, yeah com- companies not you put waste to the waste uh, managers and basically uh, help it. Yeah, and and I think the time is also really right for it that uh, I think globally 
we're also getting to a point where people realize that there's no such thing as waste and that you can actually reuse it. You can put it back into circulation. And I think the demand for systems that would support that uh, is yeah. on the rise as well. So I feel also that I'm at the, in the right place at the right Very time. Cool. Is how what why is Estonia so into this? I wonder. It's really cool that they're doing so many hackathons and just environmental things, but it's awesome. Like I didn't know Estonia was so into it. Into yeah, startups, startups? and really, yeah. like really, because Estonians or Estonia itself considers it's like a very high level startup uh, country. Mm. We have like, you know, TransferWise, uh, the, uh, yeah, the, yeah, yeah. the company where you can send money without uh, fees uh, from different currencies. That started in, uh, that was founded by two Estonian guys and their head office is in Tallinn, actually. And we have like a lot of different unicorns uh, here in Estonia, a couple of them. And, uh, and since Estonia is really strong with like the IT services, so we have the, um, you can run all the governmental processes uh, online, like you can uh, renew your um, driver's license, your ID card online, you, you can do your tax uh, returns online in one minute, you can vote online. So, so from that perspective, this has become also kind of like a startup um, like a cool place to have a startup because there are a lot of there's the ecosystem is really strong there are a lot of different uh, supportive funds for that there's uh, co-working places there are startup accelerators uh, so it's a really really buzzing place to be for the for startups That's awesome maybe I, I i would love to come to estonia and <laughs> this ex experience that yeah, that's actually really uh, cool that there are a lot of, uh, we're attracting also foreign talents here a lot, um, thanks to the fact that there's like so many things going on and so much choice of where to work and what to do and uh, new startups everywhere. So it's Would you say cool. this is like your, your passion or your main project at the moment, this startup, or how does your trainer's lifestyle look like? Now? So... Um, yes, the startup thing will now start in kind of like now-ish. It's like my full-time uh, job for nine months. Okay. And uh, so that's why I feel also with like, I have to put some of my trainer activities uh, on hold, but uh, I have still some trainings that were booked um before I knew I'm going to get involved uh, with this. So I have still some things um, to deliver and, um, and carry out um, some pitching trainings. <laughs> and, uh, and then I will see, I will, I try not to, I don't want to become like full time. I just work and do just one thing. Um, but, uh, but if I have to, then I will, but if I have a chance to do some weekend geeks somewhere, then I would be happy to take uh, these opportunities. That's super cool. Um, we're kind of nearing the end is we have a few more minutes. It's, since we talked a lot about a few different topics, like, um, startup life and sustainable life, <laughs> um, I, what tips would you give people regarding either one of those or both uh, sections like how to be more sustainable or maybe how to get involved with startups i actually um 
I think I have a I have a story also how I actually got um uh, got involved in this um un, un like this code training with uh, with the one um, one trainer here in Estonia and I think also that could be my main um, point also to give like how to get involved in startups for example it's very simple is to go to a hackathon first of all with an idea and uh, whatever idea you have is um, is good you can do some research online beforehand but in general it's um, it's uh, always good to go and then people come and they're like hey I really like your idea let's join and work on it together so it it gives a lot of like encouragement and nice uh, feeling and uh, for me it actually happened like last year I was at um, at a hackathon on my own and it was the first one I ever attended and then our team, uh, I, I didn't pitch an idea because I was like, I don't have any ideas. And then I just joined the team and um, and we were like eight people in the team or something. So what I did, uh, I introduced them finger rules. I was like, hey, let's have rules of talking uh, so we don't like, you know, interrupt each other too much. So the I didn't even draw the paper, but then one of the teammates of mine, she wrote, oh, she drew like two fingers, one finger, pinky, all these things. And then the hackathon was going on. And then from time to time at hackathons, you have mentors going around and then they ask, how are you doing and what do you need help with? And then there was a guy who came to our table and then he looked at the the post-its and he was like or the or the paper with the fingers and he was like what is this and I was like yeah it's finger rules I introduced them because you know we're so many people so we are gonna have like um, a very nice uh, cooperation etc and then he's like yeah like I know those and I'm like what like how like how can you know them because I'm used to that it's like some sort of like youth uh, field uh, exclusive uh, thing I remember I don't see anybody ever using it anywhere and then it turns out that he actually was in best in the oh. in the board of uh, technology students students of technology and he was actually in the in their international board uh, back in the day and he lives in Estonia and then from that just from the fact that I dare to like let's say be true to myself and not be like oh let's, let's suffer here with eight people some madness but be like hey guys what about we use this tool um, out of that we have had like an amazing year of uh, of cooperation and he has also like with that I have also gotten more into the into the field and uh, got involved in different um, really cool trainings uh, that we co-delivered so stay true Great. to yourself that's my yeah. main message like whatever like if you're a trainer and you're crazy about visualization do that if you are crazy about format apply it everywhere like if you love finger rules introduce them to others like really like I think this is um, like one of my biggest like I'm so grateful <laughs> for myself that I, I that I was like let's do finger rules because so many things have happened thanks to that little and he, yeah little he thing. like helped you guys and got connected with you right because of that uh, he he uh, well he helped us like during the hackathon but that's the thing that during that hackathon he already uh, asked me hey I ha I'm gonna have this training in Moldova do you want to do that with me and I was like but you don't you don't know me and he's like I have a good feeling about you 
just because of the finger rolls like as in but of oh, course so, cool. so but of course like i'm uh, i have a like maybe a good vibe as well but uh, but in a way he would have never known maybe that i'm a trainer maybe it would have come up like a couple of months later at some other event or something and for the people that don't know finger rolls it's just just right when you're in a group and a team so that people can don't speak over each other and you raise one finger to introduce a new topic to to reply to a topic you do a c for clarification and there's other rules as well and they're very useful not only in the training but no i try yeah i try to introduce it when it's in teams and i'm just like people should know about this every time So, um, so that's my uh, main encouragement to use what you like and feel true to yourself. Yeah, like be you. So cheesy as it is, but uh, but you know how if you wanna be someone else, if you pretend that I don't know, you're like really serious and you wanna be really professional, it's gonna you're gonna be fine the first five minutes, but then something unexpected happens and you're not sure how this new character of you would act in all these different situations. But if you are you, you know how you would do uh, in different uh, situations because you have the prior experience on that. So yeah, stay you, like be you, stay you uh, and like emphasize what you are. It's just it's taxing to not follow what you feel is true to yourself. Awesome. Thank you so much, Mayri, for talking with me today. Really appreciate it. It was super interesting. So. Thank you for inviting me. It was really cool as well. Hope everybody enjoyed it and have a great day. Thank you for listening to this episode. If you want to get even more inspiration on Trainers Lifestyle and upcoming events in Trainers Forum, join our group on Facebook and follow our page on social media. We host a yearly conference and multiple local trainers meetings around Europe. The links are in the bio, but you can also Google Trainers Forum. Stay tuned and have a great day.